And now, Roma Wine. R-O-M-A, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Roma Wine presents... Suspense. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment... The Columbia Network takes pleasure in bringing you another tale intended to keep you in... Suspenders. Tonight, the tale of the alliterative hitchhiker from hell. Suspenders is brought to you by Bracing Braces Incorporated, a front organization for the mafia, but also maker of fine products to keep gentlemen's pants from falling down. We begin our story. It's evening in the high desert lands of the American West. I'm on a bed in a motel on Route 66 just west of Gallup, New Mexico. I'm feeling really shaken. Little wonder. I'm on a vibrating bed. I haven't dropped any quarters in it, but still it vibrates. It seems to have taken on a life of its own. I've been driving cross-country on my way to Hollywood. I long ago took seriously a recording by Ringo Starr and determined I would become a big star in the movies. Tonight I've mulled over the idea of changing my name to something snazzier and more original. Something that would look good in lights. Something like John Barrymore, Mickey Rooney, or Ringo Starr. But I'll probably end up sticking with the dull, boring name on my birth certificate. Ronald Reagan. Now I'll tell you my story and hope it will be a cautionary tale for you. And that telling the story will help me to keep me from going, gong, 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 going crazy. Yeah, I know. You gotta be a little nuts to want to work in Hollywood. The same way you gotta be a little wet to work in Portland, or a little person to work in Tiny Town, but I'm not that crazy right now. In fact, I feel perfectly well. Except that I'm running a slight temperature, maybe a hundred and nine or so. Nonetheless, I keep finding myself saying, for no apparent reason. I'm 36, unmarried, tall and dark with a mop of brown hair and a hard shell. I resemble either a hairy armadillo or a moldy walnut. Easily recognizable by my giant pompadour and Hitler mustache, I'm known around the neighborhood as something of a dickwad. I drive a two-year-old 1940 Lanza, the four-door model, the Mario, bearing a New York license plate, 6Y17518922WXYZ. It's one of the new wraparound plates. I was born in Brooklyn. Despite that, I'm at this moment perfectly lucid and well-spoken. Despite arguments to the contrary from my therapist, my late sweetheart, my parents, and the cops, it's not me who's gone mad. It's something else. Something utterly beyond my control. Maybe a commercial jingle that's been going round and round in my brain for what seems like forever. Pepsi-Cola hits the spot. Twelve full ounces, that's a lot. All of this for a nickel, too. Pepsi-Cola is the drink for you. 
I've got to speak quickly. Any minute now, the link may break. What link, you ask? I'm talking about the missing link. No, it doesn't concern our ancestral monkey. I'm talking about the link between me and you, and making any sense at all. This all sounds strange, I know, because this is the way the creative people who put this goofy show together wrote this script. I'll never understand those weirdos or their damned scripts. Right now I've got to admit this may be the last tale I ever tell on Earth. The last night I ever see the moon and the stars. And that last time I ever drink a Pepsi Cola. That tasty nectar that, along with a belt company and the Mafia, sponsors this show. Yeah, it's weird. Six days ago I left Brooklyn to drive to California. Goodbye, son. Good luck, my boy. Don't forget to write to your mother and don't take any wooden nickels out there in Hollywood. And watch out for counterfeit bagels, too. You could break a tooth on one of those things at the Fairfax Farmer's Market. Then people out there haven't the faintest idea of how to make a decent bagel. Goodbye. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen, my sweet old mother Reagan. Here, give me a kiss. I'm off. I'll say. Wait, I'll come out with you to your 1940 Lenza Mario. No, it's raining. One drop of rain hits you and you might melt. Stay here at the door. Hey, what's this? Tears. You promised me you wouldn't cry. Oh, I, I know, dear. I'm sorry, but I'm so distraught because whilst I'm standing here gassing with you, I'm missing my William Bendix radio show. Mother, you're such a dear old fart. I'll be back. I'll be on the coast for only three months before I've hit it big. I'll marry Jane Wyman, and then I'll come back and move you out there too beautiful Canoga Park. Leave Brooklyn for Canoga Park? Get real! You can't afford Canoga Park. You'll have to buy me a mansion in Pacoima and I'll hate it. But no, it isn't that. It's, it's just the trip, Ronald. I wish you weren't driving, especially since you're such an alcoholic with some autistic problems and nearly blind. Oh, mother, there you go again. I've driven much drunker and more blinded than this. You're such a wild man behind the wheel. Promise me you'll be extra careful. Don't fall asleep, don't drive fast, don't eat at Arby's, and don't pick up any strangers on the road. Gosh, you'd think I was still 17 instead of 36 to hear you talk. 36? You haven't been 36 for 20 years, Ronnie. Wire me as soon as you get to Hollywood. And don't fall in with a crowd of gypsies or reefer smokers. 
can stay away from that new crop of actors, especially Sterling Hayden. They're all commies. Of course I won't. Don't you worry. There isn't anything going to happen to distract me from my chosen goal. I'm going to become the world's oldest teen sensation. It's just eight days of perfectly simple driving on the smooth, decent, civilized road that our Make America Great Again president has promised to build. And I won't go hungry. There's a wide choice of hot dogs, hamburgers, and Indian fry bread stands every 10 miles along Route 66. And then it's Sunset Boulevard and Tinseltown, and here comes Ronald Reagan. Stick with the hot dogs. Route 66 burgers are the shits, literally. I was in fine spirits. The drive ahead of me, even the loneliness, looked like a lark. Which is my favorite tongue twister. Looked like a lark, looked like a lark, looked like a lark, looked like a lark. But I failed to reckon on him. Him? Who? He? Him am who? You'll see. Can't tell you right away. That's why they call this show... Suspenders. Crossing Brooklyn Bridge three mornings ago in the rain, I saw a man leaning against the cables, plucking them like a harp. But with his teeth, the kind of thing you commonly see in Brooklyn. One of those little things that make the town so special. He seemed to be waiting for a lift. There were spots of fresh snow on his shoulders, or it could have been excessive dandruff or even spit. After all, it hadn't snowed in Brooklyn that winter and here it was spring. I must admit, the sight distracted me for a second or two. Here's something else you see in Brooklyn. Thin, nondescript guys with a cap pulled down over their eyes, just like this guy. He was carrying a cheap overnight bag in one hand and his exposed sex organ in the other. A sight I can't get out of my mind. Along with that damned commercial jingle, I would have forgotten him completely, except that just an hour later, while crossing the Pulaski Skyway over the Jersey Flats, I saw him again. At least, he looked like the same person. He was standing now with one thumb pointing west, and his other in his ear. His fly was zipped closed, thank goodness. I couldn't figure out how he'd got there, but I thought probably a gust of wind off of a fast truck had picked him up and dropped him on the highway. I didn't stop for him. I did slow down, though, after accidentally running over his foot. Then, late that night, I saw him again. It was on the Pennsylvania Turnpike between Harrisburg and Pittsburgh. The highway was what the local yokels consider a very high speed limit. 27 miles per hour. But I decided to live dangerously, take chances, and run at 45 miles per hour. I was just slowing down to read a series of Burma Shave signs telling me about a woman from Pawtucket. That's when I saw him standing under an arc light by the side of the road. I could see him quite distinctly. The bag, the cap, even the spots of fresh snow or saliva, spattered over his shoulders. He hallooed at me this time. I didn't halloo back. It's not in my nature to halloo. Halloo! Halloo! 
I floored the gas pedal and made off like a shot, pushing the Lanza Mario to its top speed of 48 miles per hour. Hey! I don't really go woo-woo! I only said that to keep the rhyme. It's lonely country through the Alleghenies, and I had no intention of stopping. Besides the coincidences, if that's what they were, give me the willies. My tank was close to being empty, so I stopped at the next gas station. Yes, sir. Uh, fill her up, boy. I'm going to use the facilities. I relieved myself in the filthy restroom. Yes, it was true. Unlike the car, I did have a lot of gas in my tank, and I needed relief. Nice night, isn't it? I filled the tank. Will there be anything else? Yeah. Get me a Pepto-Bismol. Say, it hasn't been snowing here recently, has it? No, we generally don't get much snow here in August. Not a lot of spitters in these parts, I hope. <laughs> oh, wow, I'll say. There's people who drive through here in all kinds of weather, spitting right and left. Mostly big executives who dip snuff. We plan on putting out signs, welcome to the world's spitting capital. What about hitchhikers? You got many of them? <laughs> hitchhikers? Here? What's the matter? Don't you ever see any? Most cars wouldn't want to pick up guys around here. Well, maybe if the hitchhiker looked like Tom Cruise. But most guys around here look more like Sasquatch. Most gals, too. A guy would have to be a fool to try hitching rides around here. This is pretty lonesome country, all swamps, hills, and woods, and nobody's going to pick up anybody here, not after all them hitchhiker murders we had back in the 30s. The 1930s, you say? You remember the 1930s? Yeah. I'm 98 years old next week. At least I would have been had I lived. Dead man pumping gas. So why am I pumping gas? This is the American Rust Belt. Ever since the Republicans eliminated Social Security, I've had to keep working. Couldn't afford a burial or cremation, just had to keep on working. Say, you don't think you might have seen a phantom hitchhiker around here? We saw a space alien a couple years ago, but there ain't been any phantom hitchhikers for a long time. Oh, no, oh, no, not, not at all. It was just, uh, uh, it was just a rhetorical question. That'll be a dollar fifty-nine with the tax. Don't you love these 1942 prices? It all gradually passed through my mind like an eel slithering through a tube of Vaseline. I concluded that all these supposed sightings were sheer coincidence. A couple of hours later in Pittsburgh, the sound of the empty factories lulled me to sleep, and I awoke the next morning refreshed. I didn't think about the stranger all next day until I was just outside of Zanesville. It was there I saw him again. Now he was looking like a shorn sheep. I couldn't help thinking, what the hell was this guy doing in Zanesville? What was anybody doing in Zanesville? Why had he turned into a sheep? What happened to his wool? 
It was a bright, sunshiny afternoon as the Lanza glided through the peaceful Ohio fields, brown with autumn stubble. The landscape was basking in the light of numerous arson fires. I was driving slowly, drinking it all in, when the road suddenly ended in a detour. In front of the barrier, he was standing. I could hear him. There was nothing sinister about him. He was as drab as any sheep could be, nor was his stance menacing. He merely stood there holding his crotch like Michael Jackson. I don't know, maybe he had to pee, but he looked tired, almost drooping a little, holding the cheap overnight bag in one hand, his crotch in the other. Judging by the pile of cigarette butts at his feet, it looked as though he'd been waiting there for hours. He hailed me and began to walk toward me. Hello? 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 Hey, you wouldn't by any chance be going to Tucumcari, New Mexico? No, 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 not today. I'm going the other way, going to New York. See? I'm turning the car around, going the other way, alone. Sorry. After I got the car back on the road again, I felt like a fool and a liar. Of course I would be going through Tucumcari, but the thought of having a talking sheep sitting beside me all the way there, maybe nibbling on the seat covers and dropping tiny turds on the floorboards, all that was unbearable for a prig like me. Then I mulled it over again in my mind. Hmm. A talking sheep. A talking sheep. Why, I could have opened a roadside attraction with that guy as the main feature. Every tourist heading to California would stop to see the talking sheep. I could have been rolling in dough. They would pass up the 25 live rattlesnake exhibits across Kansas to come to my little talking sheep museum in Texas. I imagined placing signs along Highway 66. See the only talking sheep in creation. Only five more miles to the home of Sheldon the talking sheep. I know it sounded crazy, but hour after hour went by. The fields of the town ticked off one by one. I knew that I was going to see him again, that this talking sheep was in my future. Though I dreaded the sight of him, I caught myself searching the side of the road, waiting for him to appear. All I saw were Burma shave signs, seeming to mock me. When you love a talking sheep, you're in troubles very deep. Use Burma shave. I needed to put some food in my belly. Yeah? What is it? What do you want? You sell sandwiches and broccoli juice in this store, don't you? Yeah, we do in the daytime. But we're closing up now for the night. I was hoping you could at least let me have a cup of coffee. No, not this time of night, mister. Please, don't shut the door. Please. Listen, just a minute ago, just a minute ago, there was a man standing here, right beside this door. A suspicious-looking fellow. Looked a lot like a sheep. I don't mean to disturb you. I, I was driving along when I just happened to look over here, and there he was. I tried to hit him, but he moved away. Why did you try to hit him? There's, uh, an outbreak of mad sheep disease. 
Police are asking motorists to run down sheep whenever they see one. Aside from carrying disease, was this sheep doing anything wrong? Well, uh, he was trying to play a jaw harp. That's... that's been an illegal sheep activity for a long time. You've been drinking. That's what you've been doing. Hit the road before I call the cops. I got back into the car and drove on slowly. I was beginning to hate the Lanza, realizing a Cadillac would have been a better choice. Maybe even a pre-war Fiat. If only I could have found a place to stop, to rest a little. I was in the Ozark Mountains of Missouri now. Resorts were closed. Only an occasional log cabin, seemingly deserted, was all that broke the monotony of the wild, woody, winsome, alliterative landscape. The mysterious hitchhiker was still on my mind. I knew I'd see him again, maybe at the next turn of the road. I became determined that when I saw him next, I would again try to run him down. Just gun the engine and run that sucker over. Dead sheep in the middle of the road, yes sir. But I didn't see him again, not until late the next afternoon. I'd stopped the car at a sleepy little junction just across the border into Oklahoma to let a train pass by. That's when he appeared on the other side of the tracks, leaning against a telephone pole. A perfectly airless, dry day. The red clay of Oklahoma was baking under the hot sun, yet, as before, there were spots of fresh snow on his shoulders. I could stand it no longer. Without thinking blindly, I started the car and began to cross the tracks. I headed toward him, my target. Destination, death. He never even looked up at me, staring at the ground all the while. I floored the gas pedal, yanking the steering wheel sharply toward him. I could hear the train in the distance coming closer, but I didn't care. Then, something went wrong with the Lanza. It stalled right on the tracks. No wonder Consumer Reports had given it a bad rating. Fighting to desperately start the engine as the train came closer, I could see him standing there on the other side of the tracks. He was swaying his hips, throwing kisses, smiling coyly, beckoning me to my death. Heavens to Herkimer, was I destined to be yet another railroad crossing statistic? You're listening to Suspenders, brought to you by the good people at Bracing Braces Corporation. An American company determined to save American men the embarrassment of having unsecured trousers fall to their ankles at cocktail parties. We return now to tonight's adventure. Well, I frustrated him that time. The Lanza's engine caught at last. I managed to back off the tracks. After the train passed, he was gone. I became further determined that I had to do something. I didn't know who this man was or what he wanted of me. I only knew that from now on I mustn't let myself be alone on the road for even one minute. Well, hello there, sweet mama. Like a ride? Sure. How far are you going, handsome? How far you want to go? All the way to Amaril. Is that a regional metaphor for having sex in the back seat? No. 
It ain't no metaphor for nothing. I'm going to Amarillo. Okay, I'll drive you there. No strings attached? The only strings around here are the ones holding my muffler on. Hop in. Good lord, what a stench! You ever wash those feet? Not if I can avoid it. Ah, gee, what a break this is, getting these shoes off. Hitchhike much? Sure. Only it's tough sometimes in these great open spaces to get the break. Yeah, I should imagine it would be. Though I'll bet you don't do too bad with that dreamy face, those big tits, and that inviting ass. You don't happen to be a Kardashian, are you? No, keep your eyes on the road. Hey, riddle me this. Here I am driving across the country at a nice steady 35 miles an hour. If you were to get a lift in a car doing 70 miles an hour, wouldn't you get to where you want to go faster? What are you, some kind of idiot? You yanking my chain? And what difference does it make how fast I go to get where I'm going? Oh, no difference. It's just a crazy idea I had sitting here in the car. Yeah, it's crazy, all right. Simple logic gives you the answer. God, I can't picture myself spending time in a swell car thinking about things like that. What would you do instead? I'd get into the back seat with whoever I picked up and ball my brains out. Well, if I saw a good-looking girl along the side of the road... Whoa, look out! There he is again. Hold on. Sorry, did you see him too? See who? The man standing beside the barbed wire fence. He's not there now. I didn't see nobody. It was nothing but a bunch of cows and wire fencing. What did you think he was doing? Trying to run down those cattle? There was a man there. I tell you, a thin gray man with an overnight bag in his hand. I was trying to run him down. Run him down? You mean kill him? You say you didn't see him back there? You sure? Watch for him next time. Keep watching. Keep your eyes peeled on the road. He'll turn up again. Maybe any minute now. There! Look! There he is! How does this door work? I'm getting the hell out of here. Didn't you see him that time? Uh, no, I didn't see him that time. Or any time. I don't expect never to see him. Ever. All I want to do is go on living and I don't see how I'll be doing that very long riding with you. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't... I... I don't know what came over me. Please, don't go. So, if you'll excuse me... You can't go. Listen, how would you like to go to California? I'll drive you to California. Seeing pink elephants all the way? No thanks. Uh-uh. Thanks, just the same. Listen, please, just... Just one minute, please. You know what you need, big boy? Not a girlfriend, just a good dose of sleep. Please! You can't go, please! It's the hell I can't. She ran from me, as though I was a monster. A few minutes later, I saw a passing truck pick her up after she made it stop by pulling her dress up over her waist. I knew then that I was utterly alone and had missed out on what was possibly a great piece of ass. Soon I was in the heart of the great Texas prairies. But not before I had torn all my ban the death penalty, pro-abortion, and democratic candidate bumper stickers off. I had no wish to die in Texas. I drove on trying to figure out what to do. 
how to get hold of myself. Above the waist, that is. I already knew how to get hold of myself below my belt line. If I could find a place to rest, or even if I could sleep right here in the car for a few hours along the side of the road. We're talking about a state where all the rest stops have become drug supermarkets and evangelical churches. I was getting my skip tracer overcoat out of the back seat to use as a blanket when I saw him coming toward me, emerging from a herd of longhorns. No, not University of Texas football players. Real cows. Hello? Feet don't fail me now. Hello? Maybe I should have spoken to him then. Fought it out then and there. Because now he began to be everywhere. Wherever and whenever I stopped. Even for a moment. For gas, a slushy, a Denny's Grand Slam. He was there. I saw him standing outside a Willie Nelson concert in Amarillo last night. Then he was sitting near the drinking fountain of a little camping spot just inside the border of New Mexico. He was waiting for me outside the Navajo reservation, wearing a Walmart Halloween Geronimo suit, where I stopped to check my tires. Yes, they were still on the car. I saw him in Albuquerque when I bought 20 gallons of gas. Yeah, the Lanza is a gas guzzler, all right. I was afraid to stop now. I began to drive faster and faster. Now in the Mesa country of New Mexico. I drove through it with indifference despite all the good deals on blankets I spotted at the trading posts. But now he didn't even wait for me to stop. Unless I pushed the Lanza beyond its limits and drove at 55 miles an hour over those endless roads. He waited for me at every other mile marker. I'd see his figure, shadowless, flitting before me, still in its same attitude, over the cold, lifeless ground, flitting in that pure, cloudless air. I was beside myself when I finally reached Gallup this morning and found an almost deserted motel reeking of curry and lamb vindaloo. The first thing I did once I got to the motel room was to make a call. I had read somewhere that love could banish demons. It was the middle of the morning. I knew mother would be home. I pictured her tall and white-haired, in her crisp house dress, going about her tasks. It would be enough to vanish my demon, I thought, just to hear the even calmness of her voice. Hello, this is Adam's residence. Hello? Hello, mother? This is Mrs. Adams, this is Mrs. Adams' residence. Who was it you wished to speak to, please? What? Who's this? This is Mrs. Skip Tracer. Mrs. Skip Tracer? I don't know any Mrs. Skip Tracer. Is this Beechwood 2828? Yes. W w where's my mother? Where's Mrs. Adams? Mrs. Adams is not at home. She's still in the hospital. The hospital? Yes. Who is this calling, please? Is it a member of the family? What's she in the hospital for? Nervous breakdown. But who is this calling? Nervous breakdown? Well, my mother never was nervous. It's all happened since the death of her oldest son, Ronald. Death of her... Who? Ronald? Ronnie? Hey, what is this? What number is this? It's all been very sudden. He was killed just six days ago in an automobile accident on the Brooklyn Bridge. 
So here I am, sitting here in this cheesy motel in Gallup, New Mexico, drowning in a miasma of, of papadoms and tandoori chicken aromas, trying to get hold of myself. I keep thinking I'm going to go crazy. Soon enough it's night, and there are a million stars in the sky. The motel room is covered with crickets. Crickets everywhere, constantly singing. One of them looks a lot like a sheep. Tomorrow ahead of me stretch a thousand miles of empty mesa, mountains, prairies, desert. Somewhere among them, he's waiting for me. Somewhere I will know. I will learn who he is and who I am. So ends our tale of The Hitchhiker, a play featured on the weekly radio program Suspense back in 1942, and adapted by the writing geniuses at the M. Watson Dodge Writing Salon and Subway Station. The role of Ronnie was originally played by Orson Welles on the Columbia Radio Network. In our production, the character was played by Jared Sousa.